0: He's all by Fires the Touch. What are they gonna are they it? He did what? Hello and welcome to another edition of Empty the Playbook. Fascinating week in the NFL. Uh, and the world actually, lots going on. Uh, and, of course, we're ready uh, for Mock Draft 3.0 today. I can't wait. But before we get into the nitty and gritty uh, of the news and then our mock draft, we need to check in with the boys. So, Thornsey, what's up, G? How you doing? Hi. I'm good, thank you.
1: Um, yeah, I've had a nice week. It's been nice. Everything's going back to normal. Uh, gyms have reopened training starting back up again so that's all nice uh, it's not just sitting at home reading anymore which was getting a bit boring um other than that yeah i lost my my uh, streak on headspace i was human i was I... on 90 96 days and i blew it
0: i don't know what headspace is i'll be honest
1: oh well i'll plug it headspace is like a meditation app so oh, like, right. it's sort of like like guided meditations and like little courses to like deal with stress or cravings or their MBA have like got like sport performance type uh, courses on there as well, which is oh. really good. Like you should definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've done it every day since literally like the 2nd of January,
0: 1968, <laughs> I, I imagine.
1: imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And the other day I missed it and. Ah. Yeah, I wouldn't if I'd have got to like 101, 102 I wouldn't have minded it but.
0: Yeah, you left it 96. yeah very close to it's like it's like in cricket if you get 96 uh, 96 and you're out it's, it is a bit yeah. you know, it's like a good score but it is a bit peak not getting to 100 uh, but anyway cool um obviously really good for uh, mental health as well which is obviously really really prominent now during the current uh, current climate as well so um <laughs> So nice plug, uh, Thorns. Uh, I like it. I- I'm actually quite interested about that, and I will definitely be having a nose after the podcast. Um, talking of, uh, <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know what the segue was going to be there. I'll be honest. <laughs> I was trying to find one uh, in my head. I thought you were going to say talking of mental health. Was <laughs> whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
0: talking of things that are good for my mental health. The next person that I'm going to introduce, uh, Shapland, how are you doing, i
2: Better seeing your lovely face. Oh, I love uh, it. I want to start off by saying, as if you ever got near 100 if you, when you played cricket. <laughs> I very much doubt you ever got in this in the same ballpark. If you ever got 25, I'd be surprised. I'm
0: from Wales, I don't play cricket, <laughs> really, really. <laughs> I got a couple 50s. Ah, oh. you get it, you're from Ken.
2: Uh, but yeah, it's been a it's been a hectic week. I won't lie, like Farnsy said, stuff's starting to get rock and rolling again. I've been working at i a, at a, um, I've been working as a COVID steward, so as like a COVID marshal, and I did uh, I worked I think something like thirty hours over the weekend, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a bit of Thursday. I worked thirty hours across, so that was obviously quite hectic. Uh, uh, some Some absolute cretinous person, unfortunately, made us an hour late for the recording today because uh, I also had rugby training today, which was nice to play a bit of rugby uh, because the rules for playing rugby are a bit looser than the new rules for American football, which meant I've been able to play some rugby with, you know, not contact as much, but like a bit of soft, soft contact, which has been quite nice to... Get, get my nose dirty again, you know, start running around trying to duke people, you know, dancing in the backfield while Thornsie wouldn't block anyway. Not that you can block in rugby, but anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's been a good week. It's been a good week. It's, it's like when we're talking about mental health, it's, it's, I think it's good for everyone's mental health when stuff just starts rolling again. And I think it's been a good week for everyone as far as I'm aware because everyone's, you know, been able to do stuff. I haven't been able to get to the gym yet, which is what I'm hoping to do tomorrow morning. But, yeah, so that's my, uh, that's a segue of my life, Dan. What have you been up to, other than, I assume, just teaching now your school's reopened?
0: Yeah, just working mostly. Um, well, first off, thanks for asking. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, just mo- mostly working at the minute. I'm I'm currently, I'll be honest, not too sure of the rules. Um at the minute in Wales, because obviously we're a little bit different. But um once I kind of check in and kind of the first few weeks of being back at school are through and we're back into the routine a bit more, I'm I'm also hoping to kind of get into a bit more a uh, bit more exercise and uh and maybe hope well, hopefully get into the gym at some point because my only exercise currently is running rings around uh seven, eight and nine-year-olds on the football pitch at school. So <laughs> hopefully uh, I can get to uh, playing some sport against people I my hope, own age.
2: I hope you're not pulling out of challenges. I hope you're going, you're going two <laughs> foot in if if they're on the ball. I I would if we were playing on grass, but unfortunately we're playing no. on the,
0: on the concrete, so I'm uh, I'm not uh, sliding anytime soon. But don't you worry, when it comes to where uh, the summer and we're hopefully the restrictions are lifted even more and we can get uh, onto the football pitch. Uh, those two footed challenges will be going in and it'll be calm because I'll be the referee. So it won't matter. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's how my week's been. I'm glad you boys are having a, a really nice productive week as well. It's really good to hear. Um, let's get stuck into the news in the NFL this week. Uh, a few bits to get through. There's me thinking before we, uh, research for this week's podcast that not a lot has happened. And I look back through the news of the week and actually quite a lot of interesting things happen. Um, things with potential draft implications, Panthers uh, and Giants potentially looking to trade back. Uh, Rumours of that in the last two days, which is really, really interesting. I I never know whether these sort of things are like smoke and mirrors leading into the draft, like try to entice uh, other GMs to kind of make a move and pull the trigger on something in like in a rush or in a panic of trying to get the guy that they want or or whether these trades are just genuinely going to happen and whether these teams are actually looking into it. Um, I hope it's all true. I'll be honest. And just the draft is just going to be absolutely mental because the draft last year promised kind of like trades and things like that. And there wasn't many trades off the top of my head. I know the Chargers came back into the first round at the end to get Kenneth Murray, but wasn't loads there for trades last year. So hopefully this year will be quite exciting.
2: Uh, I think an element of it really is sort of like, like you said, it is a bit of smoke and mirrors, but I also think it's the perfect way to sound out the market. Like if you're the, if you're the giants or the Panthers, you're saying you're trading back. People are, people are panicking because they're going to lose their job. Uh, no, um, people are panicking because they're, they're wondering like, oh, who's trading up above me. And I think it really, it can rise the stock of a pick. Cause you obviously know, like, I'm not sure if, if people would know this, but there's like a sort of general draft pick, like, evaluator that's like been used by GMs that was developed back. in. so each draft pick has like a rough value that you get traded on, but you see some picks spike in value. And I think throwing in sort of rumors that somebody might be taking that pick always spikes the value. So I don't think they necessarily are trading back. I just think it's a good way to test out the market. Cause if there's rumors that they're trading back, you best believe they're getting calls going who wants to pick what are they giving you. I'll give you better. Like, it's a good way to sound out the market because if they're trying to shop the pick and they're actively looking for buyers, obviously it's going to lose value of the pick. But I think saying there's already interest in the pick, you're going to see a bit of spiked value. So there is the possibility for intrigue. I think, I hope with the potential QB rush, we should see a massive amount of trades going on because there'll be so many dynamic and beautiful playmakers on both sides of the ball available. In up until like pick 12, 13, 14, I think there's going to be so much talent flying off in the first round because we're seeing quite a quarterback rich draft. So, yeah, I'd love to see some trades.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, thanks, chaps. And I'm exactly the same. Trades are just, they just make it even more exciting. They mess with your mock drafts, uh, obviously. But, um, yeah, really exciting uh, to see. Uh, another exciting development, well, potentially exciting, it might be. Again, smoke and mirrors. Uh, the Eagles of uh, organisation have come out today and said that there's going to be an open QB competition, uh, which shows potentially that lack of trust in Jalen Hurts that we've talked about on multiple podcasts before. Uh, the only current QB, or the only other current QB on the roster, I believe, is Joe Flacco, um, who is obviously in his twilight years, I mean, maybe potentially even past his twilight years, to be honest, he's obviously not shown... It's greatest football over the past few years. So whether that means another QBs coming in to challenge those guys, or whether it is just Jalen Hurts that they're running with, and they're you know again laying it on thick for other teams to potentially make a move, um, will be interesting to see. Um, Mike Tomlin, uh, obviously a guy that I hold in quite high regard, as I'm sure we all do. In uh, all those shaps, doesn't enjoy holding him in a high regard uh assigned a three-year contract extension to be the Steelers head coach for three more years through till 2024 um well deserved I mean he's he's doing a class job like I said he hasn't had a losing season his entire time he's been there so mad stat that is ridiculous but there you go um Alex Smith comeback player of the year last year uh retires makes sense I I think like he, he was going to go somewhere now to be the backup QB somewhere wasn't he and just like I, I think it makes a lot of sense he's like earned the respect of everyone by coming back and showing that he can you know do that and I think now is the right time for him obviously obviously I don't know him personally so I can't speak completely honestly of, about his decisions but you know good for him amazing career um and what seems like a top guy so uh Congratulations to him on retirement. Uh, And the last kind of main thing of the news this week, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals dropped some new unis, which uh, I know me and Thornsey really, really liked. Shaps, I can't remember if you were kind of sold on them or
1: not. Um, But, yeah. Um, I think, firstly, the Eagles uh, quarterback competition sort of stuff, I think is more uh, Nick Sirianni coming in and saying, like, you know, nothing's going to be given, everything has to be earned, that sort of head coaching mentality. Um, I think it is a bit weird that you haven't come out and said Hurts is the guy we're supporting, but, you know, I think it's more his attempt to sort of say, you know, we're not giving out freebies, you have to come and earn your spot, which I, I like and I respect. Um, also, a bit of news that drops about like an hour ago maybe is they've officially made the changes to the jersey numbers. So running back receivers, tight ends, linebackers and corners, I think, and we're 49 now. As well as you what know, what they already had, which is pretty cool.
0: Did did they say whether that's in effect like straight away, or is that something that's coming down the line? I think it's
1: for the season. Oh wow! So that's pretty dope. Um, and other thing not related to the to the news you've the news that you spoke of. Um, I love this time of year, like the week before the draft, because you get all the sleepers. And everyone's like, there's all this hype about the first round and the top guys at each position and stuff. But then you also get these guys that people are like, you know, keep an eye on him because he's going to be, you know, he may go in the fourth round, but, you know, keep an eye on him for the, for the next season. So I think, I don't know why I did this, but I was going to put an example and I can't think of any of previous examples. Um, but I have a few guys that I've sort of read up about. So Kay Johnson out of South Dakota State, keep an eye on him. Jalen Darden, Elijah Molden out of Washington. Uh, even like someone like Rochelle Bateman, like a guy that could be in the top discussion about the top three receivers. I know he's probably going to get drafted in the first round, but you know he's a guy that Bleach Report have him as their second best receiver of the class. So like he's someone that is being slept on. Landon Dickerson, Jermaine Davis. Like, I don't want to take over and go off on like sleep a sleeper tangent, but you know I just love this time of year because of that because you get to see all these guys that that make, like, day three of the draft interesting. So that's pretty cool. Other than that, that's my take. White stones. Um, Yeah, do you
0: know what? I agree with you as well. It's kind of like, obviously, we talked a few weeks ago about uh, our introductions into the NFL. And obviously, as you get more and more interested, and obviously these things like the draft become more and more interesting. um, And so kind of following these college prospects means that, like, after – obviously, as you kind of begin in the NFL – or begin in the NFL draft whatever stage you're at obviously day one is kind of where it's most exciting and then after that you're kind of like oh I'll just read about day two and day three afterwards because it doesn't really mean anything to me because you know like the first sort of like 10 guys that are gonna go and then after that you're like I have no idea which is fair enough obviously uh, but yeah like as you kind of get more and more interested you're like uh, like start to watch day two and day three and you're like, oh my God, there's, like, guys that I've heard of on day three going, and it's, like, really, really interesting. And then, obviously, after that comes, like, undrafted, where, like, last, last year, was it last year, Thaddeus Moss came out undrafted? Obviously, we've uh, brought him up before. And, um, yeah, stuff like that. Like, you just didn't realise you were going to be interested in just now becomes even more interesting. So yeah, absolutely. Like sleeper picks and just things like that. And guys that are going to fall and guys that are going to sneak into the first round and just stuff like that. It's just, yeah, man, I can't, I can't wait for it. Um, Chaps, any, any takes on the news or kind of
2: what we've been talking about? Yeah. I'm going to give you a quick fire through cause I've got shockingly for me, I've got, a, I've got a bit to say about everything. Oh, so I'm going to give you a quick fire through. Uh, first off, the new unis for the Bengals, I think they're all right, but I think they look a bit basic, so that's just quick. The other thing I'd say is for the Eagles, uh, I am literally just going to fire off on each topic quickly, uh, is for the Eagles, uh, I don't like it. I think you come into an... The, the saying is, if you have two QBs, you have no QBs. Like, I want I want a head coach to come in and go, he's my guy, Let's roll with him. I'm going to build around him. Because otherwise, there's just so much uncertainty in the organisation. And when you're changing head coach, there's already uncertainty there. So I think having an element of consistency can really help a team. And especially a team like the Eagles, where obviously they've had the talent, they've got the talent, but there's just been a lack of consistency. So I think having consistency in the most important position in football would have been nice. Uh, Numbers. I do like it and I don't like it. I don't like that it does seem to be a bit of a cash grab, but five years round the line, down the line, when um when it's been established for a long time, I think it will look sick. Uh I love the idea of I always find it funny when Madden and stuff, when you have like your sort of drafted rookies and you always got your linebackers wearing like number four just because that's what the computer gives them. It's gonna be weird and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an adjustment, I'll say that the least uh alex smith as well is something i want to talk about just because i think he's an absolute inspiration like i think it doesn't matter that he's not playing anymore he came back and i think a large part of it like i don't i obviously don't know him personally i know he's listening but i don't know him personally um a large part of it was i think he wanted to come back for himself to prove that he could do it and overcome it and make sort of be that role model and honestly, like I've been watching so many clips, I've w- I've kept an eye on it because I'm because like I think all of us are people who've struggled with injuries when we played, and to see someone who came from an in- like a possible amputation and death to come back and play at a high level and lead a team to the playoffs, I like genuinely I think it's one of the best stories in football history. Um, uh, speaking of sleepers and Rashard Bateman, I want to say I've drafted him in both of our mock drafts so far. Who's to know if it'll, if, it'll, if I'll draft him again for the third time? I think part of the good thing about him is I think he's the real standout. Well, he's one of the real standout big body receivers. I think this is a draft of a lot of little receivers who can do a lot of a lot in yak sort of. And I think that is the way the NFL is going. But to have a big body like Rondell Moore and the way uh, not Rondell uh, Rashard Bateman, sorry. Uh, I just, I just, I just think he's going to be a really good talent, and I did actually mean to say Rondell Moore is another person I said in the first draft. I really like him, and I think he's going to slip to the second round or maybe even third round the way things are going. And I think he's going to get a, someone's going to get a steal with him wherever he slips because I think he's a really explosive playmaker. Uh, and then just a couple of bits you didn't mention. I don't think you mentioned, but Sheldon Richardson, no longer a Brown, thirteen mil, uh, thirteen mil cap cut. Nobody, uh, cares. Obviously, what? <laughs> Nobody cares. Oh, I care. I think that's important because he was obviously a leader of that Browns defence, but yeah. And the other thing that isn't really relevant, but I want to talk about a little bit is obviously, because we do have some American viewers and I just want to say about, obviously the news this week in sport has been dominated by the European Super League. Obviously that's the wrong kind of football for this podcast, but it's the American system that the UK wanted to move to. Um, so I think it's just important to talk about why it doesn't work in the UK, but it does work in America. And I think a large part of it is because American sports have always been set up to be a business. Like, we love the sports in America, but I think we can all accept that. The NBA is a business. The MLB is a business. Uh, the NFL is a business. But I think that wasn't originally the case for football. Like Football was always the working man sport. And that's something that was obviously going to go. Because it's teams like you've got Arsenal in ninth place. You've got uh you've got Liverpool outside the top four who haven't won who only won one Premier League in since the Premier League started. You've got Man City, who 20 years ago were in the were in the third tier of English football, all suddenly claiming that we're locked in, we're gonna be the only people for history. And then you've got the stories like Leicester. And just because it's the way it's trying to change the order. Like, I understand the, the draw of seeing the big name games. But, yeah, it just doesn't really work in the English systems. And I think a lot, another large part of that is, is coming from the fact that the NFL and the other things have drafts. They are more fair in that manner because all teams, like any, every team has always had the chance to draft the best player. If you are a bad team, you've always had the chance to draft the best player. But, obviously, they talked about it building into the football pyramid but it basically just cut off the top layer and left everyone else behind so yeah i just want to just a light comment but i just wanted to say obviously i'm clearly against it and I'm, it's looked like it's folded now anyway but just if there are any americans because i understand if you're american and you look at the european super league you're like that's awesome i get to watch i get to watch uh liverpool real madrid i get to watch chelsea barcelona um Athleti versus ac milan every every week that's going to be amazing but it does sort of cut away from the bread and butter of football and uh, of English football. And yeah, so I think it is important to sort of distinguish that because there are people who I have seen, like I know Pat McAfee got in a lot of hot water because he came out as a supporter of the European super league on Twitter, obviously not realizing the culture behind it. Whereas, and I think that was the same with a lot of the American owners in the premier league didn't realize the culture fully behind their clubs. And that's why you've seen this massive backlash. So yeah, just just a like comment I wanted to say for just just because we are like an American sport-based podcast, and you've got this English sport trying to move to American, and we're English people talking about an American sport, so I just thought I'd drop that in there before we yeah, start well, our yeah. draft.
0: Yeah, obviously it is a um it's big sport uh big sport big headline in the world of sport this week, um and obviously like you said it, it it's almost tearing itself apart now because virtually everyone has come out and said no thanks, um. But yeah, it is really interesting that a lot of these owners are American or not necessarily from the UK and have obviously this different mindset of what football is. And to them it is a business because obviously, well, it is a business. They own these teams. They have to make money uh, and spend money and et cetera, et cetera. And they want to do what's best for, for their finances, as, as as I'm sure their club's finances. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, It's really, really interesting, and I think my favourite thing the whole thing was that I was talking to my granddad about it earlier, and he called it the Super Duper League, which I thought was really funny. Um, (laughs) That long-lived idea. But, yeah, cool. Thanks, boys. Um, That was the news. Okay, moving on to the third and final team mock draft that the three of us are going to do together before the 2021 NFL draft. Just a few ground rules again before we get started. Uh, If this is your first time listening to one of our mock drafts, uh, just to give you a quick heads up of the rules. So there are currently 25 teams with first round picks. We have randomly generated uh, and dished those out uh, as best we can. Um, I think it's me this time that's got one less pick than the two of you. Uh, which is absolutely fine because man, I had to do less research this week <laughs> help my workload. Uh, but, yeah, so they've been mostly dished out fairly. We each have our own team that we support. For me, that is the LA Chargers. For Shaps, that is the Cleveland Browns. And for Thornsey, that is the Las Vegas Strip Raiders. Uh, Raiders. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh <laughs> sorry, Thorns. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there are no trades. Uh, We're doing it as is, as of time recording, what the draft looks like, and we're doing this completely live. So if the person before nicks your pick or steals your pick, you'll just have to deal with it and react on the spot. So those are our ground rules. With that being said, the Jacksonville Jaguars are now on the clock
2: at number one. Yeah, so it, it's me with the Jags at the number one overall pick. Uh, obviously tempting to take Rashad Bateman here. You know, obviously now nah, joking. Uh, a wise Scouse uh, teenager once said, "I don't do if buts and maybes. I do absolutes." And this is the absolute. Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall draft pick. There's rumors going around. The Jags have already given them their playbook, which was which I didn't realize. I I'm glad you didn't say in the news because I wanted to say it here. But yeah, it's like, no one's going to... People knew Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick three years ago. Like, like he's the number one pick. I'm going to just leave it at that.
0: Uh, thanks, chaps. Uh, I'm on the clock at number two with the New York Jets. Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. That's the pick. That's all I'm going to say.
2: <laughs> right, in which case, you're straight back to me. Um So I'm on the number three pick here with the 49ers. So the rumours are they're going to draft Matt Jones. But honestly, I don't care if that's what they're actually going to draft. I think that's a stupid draft decision. uh, And I completely disagree with it. I've talked about him before. Justin Fields. I think he is literally just because I know Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are getting a lot of hype. But Justin Fields is a beautiful prospect. He has got the arm, he's got the athleticism, he's got the big play present- potential. The only real knock on him at the moment is that he stares down his primary read and he might be slow making decisions. But I'm sorry, it's a 49ers system. You're telling me Kyle Shanahan can't just give him a one read play. He will. Uh, they, they, if they take Mac Wilson, they're being, not Mac Wilson, Mac Jones, sorry. They're being completely stupid and they're just ending up with another worse version of Jimmy G. Like, what's the point? So yeah, um, easy pick for me, Justin Fields.
1: So number four with
2: the Falcons.
1: Oh, three for three on quarterbacks, but you know, I'm not sold on Mac Jones. At four, uh, but I think, I think with the, having a draft pick this high with a roster that is as good as. Falcons is I can't see them bidding in this position again next year or the year after. So I'm gonna take Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, make it the fourth QB, first time in history, if not a while. Um, and I mean he he is a bit of he is a he's a bit of a developmental guy, like he is may not be there yet, and he's like does his crazy fact on on think past of the traffic draft the other day where trey lance has only thrown the ball 300 around 350 times in his career college career compared to fields lawrence and jones who have all thrown it 1200 plus so like he's really like un, like young and raw in that in that sense but with matt ryan in front of him i think it makes a lot of sense and i think you can pick pits up and you can give like complete this offense for the for this coming year and the next few years after that but if you don't have a good qb I think this is a huge chance to get a guy who, you know, a year ago was arguably the challenger to Trevor Lawrence. So I think, yeah, fields. Uh, it's gone so well. Lawrence, now four. Yeah,
0: lovely, lovely analysis. Tripped at the final hurdle. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on the clock now at number five with the Cincinnati Bengals. I feel this should be an easier pick than it is. I feel like, again, this is potentially something that smoke and mirrors. Um, but then again, I don't know. All the hype. For me, this pick is one of three, as I'm sure a lot of people will agree. It's either at potentially one of four. Um, but I'm going to put it in one of three as either you see the Jamar Chase for the LSU link between him and Joe Burrow, see the Kyle Pitts as the most exciting offensive weapon in the draft, or it's either the offensive lineman. Of their choice, whether that's Rashawn Slater or whether that's Penny Sewell. Receivers, I feel like you can get like in any draft. Like I feel like there's always an obscene amount of receivers, and you've just got to hit with a couple of them. Um, And I know that that link between Chase and Burrow is really, really exciting. But for me, you've just got to shore up that O-line. Like, you've got to do everything you can to protect Burrow. And the playmakers, if you're not happy with the ones you've got, will come later. There's more chance of finding success with receivers later on down the line. But if you think your guy is here for O-line right now, then you've got to take him. And for me, I think the guy that they've got to take right now, for athleticism alone, for the freak that he was at 19 years old at, at university level... Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals take Penn ASL at five.
1: Cool. I like that. You know, we spoke a lot about the Bengals, what they should do this offseason. And, you know, I think you can talk a lot about how, you know, there may be good alignment available at the top of the second round, but really they're at the top of the second round for a reason. The guys at the top of first are going to be better. That's just that's just how it is. So I think that that pick makes a world of sense. Um, which brings me on to number six in the Dolphins. And yeah, like you said, there was three options for you here. There's two options. I think Jamar Chase or Carl Pitts. And look at the Dolphins roster. They have guys on the outside. I think they can get it done. And Pitts is a generational talent. I think for the Dolphins to take Chase, like you can get that. Uh, Let me make that point again. Chase is going to be good, but Carl Pitts is a generational talent who shouldn't be be overlooked so number six Miami Dolphins Carl Pitts. number seven Detroit Lions uh, Jamar Chase like the the Lions lost both their top receivers in free agency Marvin Jones and Kenny Golladay. Jamar Chase you know I think whoever's here out of Chase or Pitts presuming one of them will be just really works for this for this oh my god for this lions offense who they just need that 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 go-to guy that number one weapon and that's exactly what chase brings he's athletic he's a true number one receiver he's not someone that is gonna be like stuck in the slot or forgotten about he can really do it all and I think that makes him so appealing especially to a team that doesn't have that option and Finally, you know, when you look at the Lions, you think they're a team that are going to be in the QB market in the next two or three years. And to bring in a guy who's an established number one option, it just makes a ton of sense at this point for their rebuild, if you want to call it that. So number seven, Jamar Chase to the Detroit Lions.
2: Righty-ho. So it's me now on the clock at number eight with the Carolina Panthers. It's an interesting position. Obviously, QB is a lot of talk but I'm not taking Mac Jones. I I don't mean to be mean to Mac Jones, but I'm not taking him with the number eight overall pick. Um, I remember I had the Panthers in our first mock draft, and I talked about how when they went to the Super Bowl, they had, obviously they had Cam, which obviously a big factor, but they had two main leaders. They had Greg Olsen on on offense and Luke Kuechly on defense. Obviously, I took Kyle Pitts, but his draft stock has nothing but flown up since then so I don't think so he's obviously not available here and I don't think he will be available here in the draft but I've got Michael Parsons the best defensive player arguably one of the best defensive players in the draft if not the best defensive player in the draft and I think it's kind of good as well because I like the idea that like they can get this piece that might necessarily not guarantee them wins next year but that's not a bad thing like they can come back you maybe trade their draft pick next year or do a little messing about and find that QB. But in the meantime, they've got a defensive leader for five years minimum. Like, I just, yeah, I don't think they can pass on him. I know, like, maybe going linebacker with, a, with an eighth overall pick might be seen as a stretch, but not here. Not with this player. Uh, I always get them
0: confused, but uh, Devin Bush or Devin White went, like, five or whatever it was a couple of years ago, uh, whichever way around. Because they're both called Devon, it just messes with my head. Um, so sorry, guys should always be paired together. Um, but both very good athletes. Obviously, one now has a Super Bowl ring or whatever. But you know, I don't. I I think it's probably unfair to say that you can't get linebacker talent this high. I think, I think linebacker is a potentially underrated position where you know you need <laughs> you need to have a, a good players a good players. Sorry in place uh, to go for a championship run. So
2: can't uh, you just leave my point alone? <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but no, no. But, well, I, I feel like some people don't. It's like drafting receivers in the first round. I feel like some people in teams tend to avoid it. But for me, yeah, I agree. There's nothing wrong with drafting a first round linebacker. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking some of my time while I'm on the clock.
0: With the number nine overall pick, <laughs> I'm only joking, sorry. Uh, with the number nine overall pick, The Denver Broncos are on the clock. Uh, I think this has worked out lovely for him because you know where I'm probably going to go. I think in real world, the way John Elway kind of works, I know he's kind of taken a back seat now, but I think he'll still be in the ear of the GM. Um, If four quarterbacks go in the first four picks, he's going to be on the phone to Miami at six and saying, we'll have that pick. Thank you very much. Uh, And do a trade there and they're going to move up. But if it works out that they don't and they hold on to this pick, because I think Detroit are the ones to look out for or any team potentially trading up um, ahead of the Broncos. So I think they will look to trade up, but yeah, the person that they want is still here at nine in our draft and they go QB because John Elway loves to waste a first round pick or a high second round pick on a a QB. So although I don't agree with it, this is what's going to happen. Uh, Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama, goes to the Denver Broncos. Right, I'm back on the clock at 10 with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, America's team, yes. Uh, <laughs> I might be wrong, but I think the last two mock drafts, we've gone O-line. Uh, I believe. We have, we have. Uh, which is really, really interesting because I'm going corner. So... Yeah the Cowboys help a secondary in particular, but a defense that absolutely stinks. And uh, they sorted out a little bit with um, another player out of Alabama, another corner out of Alabama um, to shore up kind of that, that secondary and uh, really help them. And I think this guy is going to be a pro bowl player, 100% for me. Uh, so well, if he's anything like his dad anyway, who was class. Um, I always re- remember playing as his dad on like NFL Street, and his dad was always just sick at getting picks. But anyway, that's enough about my my childhood in ends. <laughs> um <laughs> I've gone way off track here. At ten, the Dallas Cowboys take cornerback Patrick Satan the second out of Alabama. Sweet. Yeah, is probably my favorite
1: offensive player. Of, uh, not favorite, but highest rated player. If I had to, go to my head, I had to pick one, I'd probably go for him. Um, so that leaves me on the clock, number 11 with the Giants. A bit surprised this guy's still here and I'm gonna contradict myself slightly because a few weeks ago I spoke about the Giants and how O-line was a big need, but not necessarily somewhere they're gonna go. But I think if you're sitting at 11, Rashawn Slater's still there. He feels a huge need, protecting Danny Jones yet again. And, and I don't think there's an edge rusher that's going to go this high. And I don't think that there's a linebacker here that makes sense for the Giants, which is another position of need. So yeah, Rashawn Slater is going to be the pick for, for the Giants. Um, Inside-outside versatility. At, very worst, at the very worst, he can be a sort of swing tackle or backup guard, someone that provides insurance for all five of those positions along the offensive line. And if any of these young players the Giants have don't work out, then Slater's there to step in and, and potentially win starting jobs. So there we go. Uh,
0: lovely. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm on the clock at 12 with the Philadelphia Eagles. I've ended up with a lot of the NFC East by accident. Um I think. Oh, no, just the two. Never
1: mind. Off each.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Woo. Oh, sorry. Oh,
0: sorry. <laughs> uh, <sighs> uh, it's like we're just chilling, having a normal conversation. Uh, <laughs> love it. Right. I'm uh, at 12 with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, there's lots of needs here for me uh, offensive guard and tackle. Obviously, you don't have a defensive guard. Uh, guard and offensive tackle. Um, linebacker is one I think corner is one safety is also kind of a need but for me I think the big one is getting Jalen Hurts or whoever it may be, Mr Flacco could be you, Uh, career resurgence let's go Uh, (laughs) they need playmakers and obviously you've got the choice here of the two Alabama boys and I personally think they might be a bit worried about the lack of weight that Devontae Smith has being at 170 pounds. So I think they're going to go the opposite direction and go with Jalen Waddell, who is just an incredible playmaker across, uh, obviously offensively, but special teams as well. And it's just going to be uh, an interesting, a very interesting player at the next level uh, and a really exciting addition to that. Um, that receiver core i think that needs much added help so jalen waddle is going at 12 to the philadelphia eagles and i'm back on the clock again at 13 Uh, i love the sound of my own voice um 13 with your la chargers um this has worked out lovely i think for the chargers because well, I say lovely, actually. This might be more of a headache because I think the Chargers are at a position in the draft where they're hoping that they've, they've got a couple of needs, which is corner, obviously offensive line, because that will forever be the, the issue. Um, and I think receiver is also an important one as well to add something to the, the Keenan Allen and Mike Williams duo. They need another playmaker there um, to help that receiver core. So they've now actually got a headache because i think three of the guys that they potentially want in jc horn the corner out of uh south carolina yeah can remember which carolina south carolina <laughs> um Darasau, christian darisor i think is a really uh a, a, a player that's definitely in play here uh the tackle/guard slash guard out of virginia tech um but I think I'm going to go for the exciting pick here because, you know, it is my team, so why not? Um, I think I'm going to go for Devontae Smith, uh, receiver. Uh, the Eagles' potential loss is the Chargers' gain. Um, we're not worried about the weight right now. We'll figure that out down the line. Uh, he's got two guys on the, in the receiving core that can help him out uh, and help, you know, take defenders away from him, whereas the Eagles receiving core is a bit more depleted so they're they don't have as many Devonte smith i could see being the main option in philly and therefore it being a harder time for him and i think that'll they'll have that in mind and that'll personally sway them to go towards Jalen model so i think this run of receivers uh, i say this run of receivers these two picks have worked out nicely for both teams so Devonte smith wide receiver alabama to the la chargers
1: I would love to see Devonta Smith, oh Devonta, yeah, oh good, right. I would love to see Devonta Smith and Keenan Allen working together in in a receiving core. I think that would be very exciting. Plus, Mike Williams with um, Justin Herbert slinging it. That's going to be that would be fascinating to watch. Uh, so I'm on the clock 14 with the Vikings. I don't think we've gone this way with this pick before that I can remember. I don't know why I did that. It's not on that list. Um, JC Horn of, of South Carolina. Uh, they added Patrick Peterson. They've addressed the cornerback position in, the last, in a couple of drafts over the last few years. Hasn't quite worked out. Horn's a great athlete. He's exactly what Mike Zimmer looks for in a cornerback, you know, that press man coverage, a guy that can take that receiver and wipe him out of the game. And not only that, but with Patrick Peterson being there, there's a guy that he can learn behind. And he Patrick Peterson has been, you know, one of the best man corners in the in the league for the last five years. Maybe not the last two, but you know, before that. And if one can sit behind him and pick up those traits and learn how to develop his craft, I think that's an ideal situation for him to fall into. And Brings back that that elite shutdown corner that the Vikings haven't had since Xavier Rhodes in his prime. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways this pick could go. Don't hold it. Don't don't hold it to be in a cornerback. But I just I can't see an edge rusher that has the right value. I think it's a bit early to look to look at another receiver. I think Horn, if he's there, just makes a ton of sense. So
2: there you go. I hate you with an actual passion. I was sat there after Dan took uh, Smith, laughing, going, well, Fawns, he's not going to take a corner with the Vikings. So JC Horn's just fallen into my lap. I, had, I literally was preparing stats. I, was, I literally had just looked up uh, JC Horn's stats against um, top receivers because he's got um, – PFF did a piece on it. He's got unreal stats. I was literally about to go on, oh, I've got the steal of the draft here, boys, done you over. But no, you've ruined my day. Um, right. So now I'm at a complete loss because I had JC Horn pegged in for that pick because I just assumed he'd be here. But oh, it's, inter- it's interesting this because I'm sat, if the Patriots are sat here in this position, complete honesty, I can see him trading back. Because knowing Bill Belichick, I think he'll want to go back, get some more sort of average pieces and chip and change around that because there's no one here who I think is enough of the talent for me. Uh, obviously, five QBs gone, so QBs off completely off the board. I'm not taking a sixth QB in the first round. Um, receiver Bill Belichick's not one to draft receivers, and when he does, they're called Nikhil Harry, and they don't haven't really panned out that well. Um, right, so honestly, I'm at a bit of a loss. I've got uh, I've got my number one, probably number one player available uh, from this pick is Christian Barmore. Barmore. Um which is obviously a very good player. Could go corner, because obviously there are... There, which is why I wanted JC Horns. there's talks about... um. Uh, What's his face going? God, I've had a complete mind blank. Someone save me. Help. McCourty? No, no, no. Uh, Gilmore. Gilmore, that's it. I don't know why. Oh, sorry, doing. yeah, obviously. There's talk, nice sorry. There's talks about Gilmore going, because obviously he's going to demand a massive paycheck. So, yeah. Um. Jesus, I'm just stalling at this point. Um, I know Jeremiah owusu Koromera has gone in this pick before, and I don't want to be boring and just pick him again. But I just, I, I, I agree with everything Fawndi said in the first one, um, and I think he is a Bill Belichick player that he could just fit anywhere and see what he can do with him. It's a, it's a tough choice though yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go of Korama. and then number sixteen is back to me uh with the cardinals again i've got uh, i got barmore back here who was who I chose with this pick when I had it in the first mock draft. I could be boring and just go for him again, but uh I'm not gonna be you know i'm gonna be a bit more exciting i think. I'm going to shore up their secondary unit. And it might not seem that logical, but it's the move that I want to make. So, yeah, this seems to be my my vibe with a lot of my draft picks for some reason. It doesn't always seem logical, but it's the move I like to make. Yeah, a lot of my picks aren't necessarily going to happen. Now, this is someone who a lot of people think has fallen out the first round and it's not due to his own fault at all but he he was before my number one corner in the draft and yes you don't know how long you've got him but I think they've got such a great roster here at the cards they can afford to take a risk so I'm taking a risk and I'm actually drafting Caleb Farley corner out of Virginia Tech with the 16th overall pick Very nice. I don't want to put that
1: there. Yeah, Farley's a guy who I think it's, it's one of them things where you look back at the draft and you don't always think, "Oh, you know, that guy missed his rookie season." And I, we might—I think we had this conversation last week, if not the week before—about that sort of idea. Like, Joey Bosa missed the first what five games, four games of his rookie season. You know who cares? It's obviously a shorter time span, but it's, it's still the same sort of premise. Like it's not where you start, it's where you end up. Put out the bumper sticker. Um, right, Raiders number 17. I'm actually glad that you took a Russian because it makes this choice a lot easier. Um, I know he's he's my guy, you know, we go way back first podcast, but I was watching after the draft the other day and they spoke about Gus Bradley and guys that succeed in his system and I realised that I've always spoken about that hybrid linebacker safety type as being like a core element of Gus Bradley's scheme and I completely overlooked the fact that he always has a deep safety. Look at Al Thomas, look at how phenomenal Earl Thomas was in, within that scheme and Trevor Morrig at 17... I think he he could be exactly what the Raiders need that guy that comes in fills that hole fills that slot in in Bradley's defense and allows Jonathan Abram to be, to go back to being like in the box thumper rather than trying to split him into this hybrid deep safety guy that moves all around because that isn't hasn't really worked for him so and again like I said it last time the Raiders go an O line I think is a popular choice, but again, a choice that I don't really think reflects their needs based off of what what happened last season. So, for the aforementioned reasons, uh, Trevor Morig is the pick for me. Um, Right, number 18 with the Dolphins. Me being a moron, I forgot to plan for this pick. So, let's see how it goes. Um, What are
2: the
1: needs and who's available? I think the Dolphins are in a position to go best player available. Um, Looking at their roster, you know, they're they're fairly stacked and their sort of needs kind of coincide with the way that the board's played out. If I had to look at their roster and say there's one spot where there's a glaring need, it would probably be edge rusher. So that's where I'm going to go. And... This isn't the guy I'd necessarily have at the top of my board, but I think he's the guy that fits with what the Dolphins are are doing from like a time standpoint. I've read a little bit about Jaden Phillips and I'm a little bit concerned about his injury history and the fact that he left you at UCLA, retired for a year a year, has a history of concussions, which as at least two of us in this in this on this podcast know is not something that goes away. Um, so I'm gonna go with Critty Pay out of Michigan. As the first edge rusher selected in the in the draft. Freak athlete. Like he put about like 36 reps on the bench press. That is insane for especially for an edge rusher. He's quick, he feels that he feels the role very well. And it's just a huge position of need for the Dolphins. So
2: crazy that it's taken till pick eighteen for an edge rusher. It's so weird. it's weird because it's always been
1: like an edge rusher going in the top five. And then and then maybe there's a bit of a gap, but like, yeah. Crazy. After that pick, number 19, the Washington football team. I can't take Mugushu Koromura, who I wanted, because he's gone earlier. Um, what are their needs? What are their needs? The needs? I think linebacker's still a need. So I'm, I'm going to spice it up a little bit. I'm going to take Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. Um, he's just an awesome player like Mark Ross, former, I think, Giants GM, said he's the best defensive player in the draft. Come to get him at 19, fill a huge position in need for this for this defense. And, you know, look at the way Ron Rivera used Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis in Carolina. I think this is, you know, easy similarity to draw. And he's someone that I don't watch film, particularly. Uh, if I did, I wouldn't really know what to look for. But from various NFL scouts, this is a guy that they love to watch. And they think he's just uber talented maybe 19 is a bit of
2: a reach but
1: i think you know he can approve me right so jimin davis
2: it is now me with the chicago bears at pick 20 and their qb of the future andy dalton obviously ready to take them to the super bowl so you get a new qb What do you get him? You get him a lineman. The line's not great there, if I'm being honest. But so I'm going to take a nice, versatile player who I think can fill in multiple spots across the line for them. And he'll give him a lot of he'll basically be a day one starter that's going to play anywhere you need him, except for maybe centre. And I think that's going to be Vera Tucker. out of USC so that's my draft pick at number 20 Vera Tucker
1: cool 21 Indianapolis Colts I love this bit of the draft because when you get to about pick 20 anything can happen all all, all logic goes out the window Um, I think I'm going to stop the slide of a big name I think that's my goal for this one Um, Gregory Rousseau out of Miami um falling down a lot of draft boards i don't i understand it like you know he missed a year he looked a bit tight it's pro day these sorts and then there's always that concern already coming in a few people were, were a bit skeptical but the thing that stands out for me watching him again i've said it about four times He may as well just employ me at this point but watching past the draft he, did, he came on and he did an interview there and he spoke about how he prepares for games and he watches films and he watched, looks for tendencies and the old linemen. he sees how they set against the pass, how they play against the run, how he can exploit those those tendencies and how he can use his athleticism and skill to beat them. And as well, listening to, to Daniel Jeremiah, NFL scout, talk about him, it's like he loves the way that he can adapt and develop his game throughout his year. And also like, in his, his sophomore year, he had 19 and a half us, 15 and a half sacks. That is nuts. If he can bring that to an already talented Colts defense, like if you look at uh, Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner in the middle, Darius Leonard cleaning up, he's got a lot of help. I think this pick makes a lot of sense. And I think as well, I rate him higher than Jalen Phillips. So I, I would have to go with Gregory Rousseau from
0: Miami. Uh, lovely. I'm on the board now at 22 with the Tennessee Titons and um, <laughs> yes, I did make myself laugh there. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, not lots and lots of glaring needs here. Some needs, but not lots and lots of glaring needs. Um, one thing that I could do is look at finding that Corey Davis replacement who will be the nice uh will be in a nice tandem with um, AJ Brown. But this guy is still on the board and I've already talked how I talked about Penny sword. And like, if you go, and, go out and find your guy at guard or tackle offensive line is just one of those things that if you think that's your guy, you need to go and fill. Uh, and I thought this guy would have been gone maybe 10, 12 picks ago. Um, so the Tennessee Titans are going to, fill uh, uh, a need whether he plays right tackle or guard uh they're going to take christian uh out of virginia tech to give them some help along their offensive line and look to receiver later on in the draft so christian derasore at 22 at 23 the new york jets are on the clock um they could get a bit more help at receiver, but I kind of like what they've got. I like Denzel Mims. I like Jameson Crowder. Obviously, I've just spoken about Corey Davis. I think they're kind of set. They'll probably find a late round addition. Uh, so the main kind of things here are O-line, corner, maybe kind of like a, a stand-up edge rusher. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think if, if Caleb Varley had slid, I think he'd have been the guy. But I think now that the top three are off the board, I don't want to reach uh, for any of the guys that I can potentially get at the top of the second here, like Asante Samuel and different guys like that. So I'm going to look uh, to fill that stand-up edge position. I think let's get a bit of pass rush to go along with Quinn Williams, who had obviously a breakout year. Uh, So we're going to go with the edge rusher, Aziz Ojolari. Uh, out of Georgia to give our uh, our pass rush a bit more bite Uh, as we've already filled a need on the offensive side of the ball we now look to defence so Aziz Ojolari is the pick at 23
1: sweet like that Ojolari has a lot of spice a lot of speed off the edge um It'll be cool as well watching Robert Sala like build up his de- his defense to fill out his scheme as, as he likes it to be played. Bit surprised you took him over Phillips, I would have to say, but I understand. Um, Steelers pick number twenty four. I'm gonna go with a running back. If I can get the scroller to work, uh, I think running back's is interesting because there's like three guys right at the top. Um, but for me, this guy, uh, Najee Harris, is the guy that can do it all, really. I think he's a better receiver than Etienne. I think his game is slightly more well-rounded. And I think as well, the Steelers' offense hasn't really been the same since they lost Levy on Bell. And that like three-headed triple threat that he provided in, in pass protection, receiving and rushing. So, yeah, I'm going to take Najee Harris out of Alabama.
2: Okay, yeah, lovely stuff. It's back with me now with Jacksonville. And if I'm being completely honest, I forgot I had this pick because I was sat there preparing for the Browns and I'd obviously written down I had the Jags and I'd already drafted for the Jags. I forgot, obviously, they've got two first overall picks. So, um, yeah, this this doesn't make me look great. But, um, right, yeah, so obviously I took Trevor Lawrence, the QB of the future, Jacksonville. you know what, I'm Jacksonville, there's a lot of holes on the roster, I want best player available. Best player available, I've spoken about him in my last two picks, and I've been wanting to take him, but he's not really filled a need. He doesn't really fill a need in Jacksonville, but you pick 25, and you've got Barmore, Bowermore, however you say it, left. The in uh, defensive interior player from Alabama, just having him left at 25 I think someone's gonna have to jump I think you'd see probably a a uh, defensive interior needy team maybe jump up for him if they did in real if this did happen and he did slide but yeah like I said he's not the most polished player but the Jags aren't the most polished team they're not expecting him to be the best player well they're not expecting him to to help them win a Super Bowl first season he's got time to you know maybe have some growing pains year one but he's an athletic freak who can hopefully find his feet in the NFL and start making some absolute dominant plays and destroying pockets from the inside. So, yeah, far more from uh, uh, Alabama is the pick for me. Yeah, and then, oh, what a great pick before me. Uh, and then it's now me again, now on uh, with the Cleveland Browns at pick 26. Um, it's an interesting pick to have cuz there's one thing I'd say about the Browns roster now is it's stacked like it's there's no like that there's not really a hole that calls out for me but it's interesting i'm going to take a very unconventional pick again here i think i just like to be slightly different you know but uh, so obviously they've they've recently signed Jadevion Clowney. I'm not sure if we actually covered that in the news, but I think that was this week and we didn't cover it last week. But they've recently signed Jadeavion Clowney, uh, absolute dominant player. But the way the Brown system works is they play sort of 4-2-5. Uh, and they have their defensive players lining up all over the shop, inside, outside. So, like Miles Garrett will playing D-tackle. Um, you'll have a uh, you'll have Jadevion Clowney playing D-tackle. So I'm gonna go completely out of left wind and take Jason away, who's someone I've spoken about before, just because I just I I, I like him. I think someone with that sort of speed coming off the edge, if you've got Miles Garrett, uh Davion Clowney, uh away, I'm am, am I saying that right? Uh I'm just gonna say assume I am. If you've got all three of them coming for your QB, like yeah, away, yeah um yeah so like if you've got all three coming for your QB you, there's not much they can do and it, obviously the best way the quickest way to shore up a secondary is to make the pass rush better they've shored up the secondary anyway so then boom boom gets the QB quicker have locked down secondary play and this is going to be a browns team i don't think anyone's going to anyone's going to want to play against like no O-line in the NFL is safe. No QB in the NFL will be safe. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my pick. I won't talk about it too much more. Uh, it's me again. Number 27 with the Baltimore Ravens. Cool. There was another great pick before me here. Now, there's only one player I'm drafting here. The, uh, he's someone I wanted to obviously take first overall. He's someone I've taken in every mock draft. He's the number one, in my opinion, big body receiver in the draft. And I think obviously they've got the smaller speed story. They've got a smaller receiver in um, oh God, why do I keep going completely name blanks? Uh Hollywood Brown. That's it. Hollywood Brown, who's, I think, an amazing player. Like he's a top player. But then you, you're gonna have, you're gonna have Bateman. It's Bateman, by the way, if you if you couldn't guess, out of Minnesota. You're gonna have Sean Bateman left one beat ones because people have got to respect, people have got to respect the running threat of Lamar Jackson. So you're gonna have QB spies. People are gonna respect the speed of Hollywood Brown. So you are gonna have someone playing playing over the top. And we talk a lot about money bra- uh, money downs, and money downs. That means you're gonna have Bateman potentially left 1v1 and I think 1v1 he will make that catch that's his game that's how he plays and it's a good it's I don't know if he's necessarily a scheme fit for them at the same time but I think he's a player that they could make they could add to their scheme if they add him to their scheme he'll only create positives and he'll only make plays for him because like I said people will respect the speed of Hollywood people will respect the running ability of Lamar so if you can have speed, if you can have an amazing running threat, and if you can have that big body guy, you can't double cover everyone. Someone's going to be left open. And yeah, that's my guy. Cool. Yeah. really rate the Bateman pick. I think he's exactly
1: what Lamar needs. Like a big body receiver, intermediate sort of threat is, is pretty perfect. Um, New Orleans Saints next on the clock. I think it's 27, 28, sorry. Um, I'm going to go receiver. I just can't decide which one. I feel
0: like...
1: (laughs) I don't think we've had this guy in the first round yet. So, actually, no, I won't take him. Okay, I'll go with Kadarius Totem. I think he's a gadget guy. His speed is electric. He can either make it as a receiver. I feel that Sean Payton, like, lead of like a Ted Ginn sort of mold, a guy that's like quick, explosive, takes off of defense, works really well with Michael Thomas. Or he can add to the way that the the Saints use these like gadget guys, a guy like Alvin Kamara, like that's who Tony has modeled his game after. And to have two Alvin Kamara's coming at yourself, one, like how do you even defend against that? I think it just adds a whole nother layer to this offense. And, and if you can give James Winston guys that can break the, the game open, Rather than, I that. Who can break the game open? It like will it will take his game to a whole other level and make the game a lot easier for him, and in doing so, make the Saints a whole lot make the Saints a whole lot more difficult to defend against. So I will take Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Lovely. Um...
0: I'm going to carry on the receiver run again for the second time in this draft at 29 with the Green Bay Packers. Don't worry, Aaron. Uh, I'll sort you out uh, and give you a nice receiver and one of my favourite receivers in the draft. Uh, I gotta be honest; I quite like a lot of the receivers in this draft. Um, but I, I really, I quite like LSU receivers in general, um, as I'm sure Shaps does, because the Browns own about 45 of them. Uh, (laughs) I really like LSU receivers as evidenced by obviously the uh, second placed offensive rookie of the year last year Uh, potentially the guy that should have been in first after uh, after taking over Randy Moss's uh, record at I don't even know if it it might have been rookie receiver record in general but it was definitely at at the Vikings anyway Um, but yeah I'm going to take Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, out of LSU. Love the guy. I think he's going to be great. Um, red zone threat, big play ability. Um, honestly, it will just be really, really exciting. If he's paired with Devontae Adams, I think already that's, that's a, a, a sick combination. Uh, and if that does happen, I can't wait to see what that provides in the NFL. So Terrace Marshall Jr., Uh, from NSU, the wide receiver, at 29 for the Green Bay Packers.
2: Yeah, lovely pick, lovely pick. Someone who, I'm going to be completely honest, I don't actually know too much about. That's probably me not doing my uh, due diligence on some of the players. But, yeah, I I, I like like the idea of getting uh, Green Bay that extra threat. Uh, So, yeah, I'm now on the clock, pick number 30, with the Buffalo Bills. And there's a guy, there's a big name, Oh, actually, that's tempting. Hmm, okay. I've just sort of second guessed myself at the last second. So there's two guys who are calling out to me. No, yeah, I'm sticking with my guns. So basically, I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of his backstory. So, backstory. Uh, so, a little insight into my mind. So, the player I was thinking, the two players that are standing out to me here are Greg Newsome second. And Jalen Phillips. And the way I see it is the Buffalo fell short at the final hurdle. They got to the AFC Championship, obviously, unfortunately lost, and then didn't make the Super Bowl. So I think the way to play is to play to beat, to win the A. Like we always like I've said this before in previous podcasts, you play to win your division. And when you when you know you can win your division, you play to win. You just play. You play to win the championship game because that's how you get to the Super Bowl. So who are they likely to be playing in the championship game? And it's probably Pat Mahomes <laughs> for the foreseeable future, if we're being honest. Or if they make it back to the championship game, that's probably who they're going to be playing. How did the chief? How did the Bucks beat Pat Mahomes? They stuck him on his ass. They had him running around for his life. So I'm going to take Jalen Phillips. Get a bit more pressure. Uh, get a bit more pressure. Just try and. Basically, like that's the thing. Like, we can see Pat Mahomes can make the impossible play, but he can only make so many of them, like in a game. And he made a lot of them, and his receivers let him down. So just make it make it so he make it so the only way they can get a completion is the impossible. And that's even though he can do it. But anyway, Jalen Phillips is my pick out of Miami, edge frack.
0: Uh, lovely uh, i think that's a really nice pick i don't know if i see uh jalen Phillips falling this far but then again who knows like the the real draft may happen kind of like ours where like I'm looking at like best available now and we're at pick 31 with the chiefs and there's guys that i'm shocked haven't gone off the board yet but also there's no one looking back at the draft so far there's no one that i've gone like is a massive first round reach you know what i mean all of these guys are likely and deserve to be in the first round, which is is really, really interesting that this guy's kind of fallen that potentially when we did mock draft 1.0, there'd been no chance that they would have been falling out the first round. And obviously that's what happened in, in what happens in real life, uh, which is really, really interesting. Um I've got the Chiefs at 31. Like I said, I believe I had the Chiefs last time. I'm likely to go here with the same pick that I did last time, which is a tackle, because I've made it abundantly clear I did not enjoy the uh, moves that the Chiefs have made at offensive line this off season.
1: <sighs> but
0: <sighs> there's Greg Newsom the second is really exciting here, like really exciting. I know that's not a glaring, glaring need, but oh boy, that's exciting. No, I can't do it as exciting as it is, uh, and I depended on obviously what the Bucks do at thirty-two. That might mean Greg falls out of the first round, but I, I need tackle is too important here, and I'm going to stick with the exact same pick that I picked last time. A guy that's used to kind of like a, a pass-first offense uh, will be good in kind of like the screen game and all the kind of versatile offense that the Chiefs play. Uh, Samuel Cosme, tackle out of Texas um, I think if he's still here I think he'll be the perfect guy uh, and I stand by it from Mock Draft 2.0 to Mock Draft
2: 2.3 Sam Cosme to the Chiefs 31. Hello, hello it's back with me uh, and on pick number 32 with the reigning Super Bowl champions uh, the Buccaneers so obviously the Buccaneers brought back every single one of their Super Bowl starters which is a joke. (laughs) Let's be honest. It's a joke. Um, So, and that's the Tom Brady effect of when you've got a QB that takes pay cuts and actually wants to win. But anyways, uh, it's an interesting pick because they brought back the Super Bowl starters. I've said this for every bloody pick, but I'm going to go a bit out of left field. Yeah, shocking. I know. Um, I'm going to go for someone I actually mentioned earlier on. Someone I'm really excited for. And this is actually, the idea behind this is cost-benefit analysis. The Bucks are stacked in a lot of positions. One position they're stacked in is receiver. Receivers get expensive. They've got a lot of receivers who are going to be demanding a lot of money. So I'm going to get another receiver just so I can afford to lose one, if I'm being perfectly honest. And that receiver is probably a bit too, like, is it Scott Miller? Scotty Miller? Yeah, Scott, Scotty Miller. Um, but he's my fa- He's one of my favourite receivers in this draft. And I, I said in the first one, I think he can be Offensive Rookie of the Year. I don't think he will be if he goes here, because I don't think he'll be getting on the field as much. But I think if I take this receiver here, they will be able to perform. They might just play some special teams. They're a great gadget player. They'll pop up all over the shop. And realistically, like I said with my previous pick, a team that has so many good good weapons like the Bucs do, they can go five wide, put this guy in the slot, leave him one-on-one, and I don't think there's many players in the NFL that can cover this player one-on-one. And that's praise just because of its pure explosive playability. And I'm going to stop, you know, teasing teasing with it. Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, it's not Newsom the second is dropping out the first round. It's Rondell Moore, the wide receiver from Purdue, who is I'm completely infatuated with his play, and I want to see him go as early as possible. So yeah, that concludes Mock Draft 3.0. Well, hey, nice boys. Obviously, this
0: is Mock Draft 3.0. Um, this is our last one as, as a united front. Um, and this is exactly pick for pick what's going to happen. Um, so uh, enjoy this, guys. It does come with a spoiler alert warning. Um, because, like I said, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, no. It's been... That actually does happen. Every single pick, pick for pick, no trades. Oh. Obviously, I'd, be, I'd literally... Well, I'm sure we'll all be messaging each other anyway, if not on, on some form of call, but uh, imagine, yeah. But anyway, um, nice. I'm kind of looking back through, and I think Jamar Chase falling to the Lions is a nice pick. Um, I like the JC Horn pick to the Vikings. That's interesting. Cor- Owusu Koromoa to the Pats makes so much sense. It happened in our mock draft 1.0, I think. Uh, I liked the Moirig, or, or Rig pick to the Raiders I think that makes a lot of sense Len, Jonathan Abram come down and just hit whatever he wants to Um, there's loads and loads Jalen Phillips lovely picks Um, so really really nice great work boys Um, I'm sure GMs will be in touch soon uh, with potential openings for us to get involved Uh, but yeah that is the end of our Mock Draft 3.0 and uh, that is the end of the episode today oh it's not
2: Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, yeah, go on, sorry, how dare you? Welcome I? back to everyone's favourite section of the podcast, it's Shapland's Quiz Time. Um, right. kind of, yeah, that's copyrighted. <laughs> I, I, I hummed it to myself, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> right, so I gave you the statistic that Tom Brady has had 1,043 rushing yards in his career, Incidentally, I think he's lost something like, I think the stats are ridiculous, like in the many hundreds, he's lost from taking a knee. He's lost like something like 300 yards of potential rushing from taking knees. But anyway, so I asked how many first round pick running backs have not managed to surpass Brady's 1,043 rushing yards since Brady was drafted? And the answer was Five. Five first round picks uh, at running back. Unfortunately, a lot of them have been due to injury or circumstance, and a couple of them are more recent. So um, I'll just take you through them. We've got Chris Perry, who was drafted in 2004, 26th overall by the Bengals, has 606 yards. Jehavid uh, Best, in uh, 2010, 30th overall by the Lions, 945 yards. Uh, David Wilson, 2012, 32nd overall by the Giants, 504 yards. Then a pick that I slated at the time, I've continued to slate and I've hated ever since because I think it's ruined his career and it was a stupid pick from the franchise. I know he has been injured as well, but Rashad Penny, 2018, 27th overall to the Seahawks was such an unnecessary pick. He is 823 yards. And then obviously last year's uh, first round pick running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 32nd to the Chiefs with... 803 yards so yeah those are all the first round pick running backs hope you enjoyed and before you go um I'm gonna stick with drafts so obviously so obviously for next week's question we've 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 had Trevor Lawrence go first overall every draft it's a lock and if not it will be a different QB uh so it feels a bit you know samey samey like QBs go number one every year so I'm gonna ask you how often do you think it happens so, between the years of 2000 and 2020, there has been a draft every year, obviously. Uh, how many of those first overall picks have been quarterbacks? So, so out,
0: out, out of how many would that be? Would that be 21? I know it's... Yeah, 21. It would be, at, yeah, from, from 2000 to 2020. So, it would be out of
2: 21.
0: Okay. Yes. So- I, me, and Thornsey will have a guess in our own time. Uh, obviously, as to not give any hints or clues to listeners that are playing along, uh, as we we know, because all three of us get messages from people with their guesses. Uh, well, <laughs> I know, uh, I know, I've had a couple. I don't know, shaps lives for this part of the show, so <laughs> and rightfully so. Uh, give somebody a bit of control, and they uh, they run away with it. <laughs> right now it is officially the end of the show uh, sorry I forgot your, uh, your really important bit Shaps because like I said it is something that uh, obviously me and Thornsey both enjoy you enjoy running and uh, I know a lot of our listeners enjoy uh, having a crack at as well um, great episode boys lots of exciting news in the NFL and of course our Mock Draft 3.0 uh, yeah that's it have a good week Shaps take it easy
2: big man thank you very much you too and you as well, Fonzi. Cheers, chaps. Very polite. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: gold star for you. Uh, and thornsey have a good week as well. Thank you
1: very much, and uh, enjoy the
0: draft, everyone. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Uh, enjoy the draft. Enjoy the draft, everyone. Uh, take it easy, and make sure that you listen back to ours and see that we have got it absolutely spot on. Follow us on Instagram, as always, uh, and listen to us on your favourite streaming platform, although that's clearly what you're already doing because you're already here. (laughs) Uh, Have a good week, everyone. Take it easy, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.